I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Weather Claws. Prep for winter like a pro with Weather Claws, the smartest traction system for your car And it's super easy to get. It installs quickly and easily. You don't have to move your vehicle or remove your tires. Three minutes or less. Road and vehicle friendly. Go to weatherclaws.com and get 20% off using the promo code CANADALAND. Quick note before we begin, um, the biggest media story in the country, maybe the biggest media story this whole season is, of course, the spying on journalists by the cops in Montreal. And uh, yes, that is now plural. Uh, There are six more journalists now uh, revealed to have been spied on by the Montreal police. A public inquiry has been announced by the province. The prime minister has spoken up. Obviously, this is something that we are going to be talking about a lot more on Canada land But it is still unfolding. We are watching it closely, and we will have more on it for you soon. Mark Weisblatt is not a troll, okay? This is something that he wants me to make very clear in the introduction to this podcast, and I I am happy to do so. The guy is not some crank, though he is often cranky. He's not some wacko. He he is not my own personal critic, although he does criticize me frequently, uh, comprehensively, sometimes even fairly. Mark Weisblatt is a journalist certain kind of uh, caustic, obsessive, curmudgeonly, perhaps antisocial observer of a journalist, the kind that we hear from less and less these days. And uh, I, I, for one, think that we are poorer for it. Mark Weisblatt is somebody who uh, has been writing about media for a very long time. He used to have a media column in the late iMagazine. 
He is a presence that has been felt uh, as long as I can remember. And he is still with us, folks. He has found a way to revive his tabloid observations of the day's events. Uh, and by the way, he wears that word tabloid proudly. That's that's his phrasing. He's found a way to keep this alive in the form of an email newsletter called 1236, published by St. Joseph's Media. Guys, I have been sparring with this Mark Weisblatt guy for years, but I've never met him until now. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Ben Chapman, Mark Reed, Rachel Bareka, Diana, Glenford Jameson, Brian Young, Mark Richardson, and Alex Midgal. Alex, why did you decide to be awesome? Because the hosts you bring on your show are funny and have different opinions, and uh, I'd like to keep you in check. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody Half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is also brought to you by ShipStation. If you are a seller of things on the internet, you should be using ShipStation to handle your shipments. It makes things very easy. It takes your orders from all of the different places where you sell your things, from Etsy, from Shopify, from your own website, wherever. It sucks the order data into its app. It spits out shipping labels that are compatible with Canada Post, FedEx, UPS, whatever is the best option for you, the business owner. And in the time that it took me to tell you about that, you could have set the whole thing up. ShipStation gets a 5 out of 5, the highest rating possible from Shopify users. It is the number one choice for online retailers who need to ship things. This is the one you want to use, guys. And if you're a listener of this podcast, there's a special offer. Go to ShipStation.ca, click on the microphone at the top of the page, use the offer code CanadaLand to get the special offer and to solve this problem of your life and make shipping much easier. 
This episode is also brought to you by FreshBooks, the cloud accounting solution, the accounting department, really, for companies like mine that can't afford an accountant or for freelancers and small businesses, anybody who needs to send invoices. FreshBooks is your solution. It does a lot more than that as well. Helps you track your time. Helps you log your expenses. There's a mobile app. You can do all this stuff on the go. You can find out when a client looks at your invoice. You can see how long it takes them to pay you. They pay you quicker when you use it. You save time when you use it. There are so many reasons. If you are a person who likes to get paid by the people you do work for, use FreshBooks. And use it for free for 30 days. Go to freshbooks.com slash CanadaLand. When you do decide to become a customer, tell them that CanadaLand sent you. You'll be doing this show a favor. Thanks, FreshBooks. Finally, I want to get to the show, so no long crowdfunding message today. We are getting towards the end of our annual crowdfunder. Just a reminder that the level of support we ask for in exchange for some of our great rewards is reduced. The prices are reduced until about a week from now. So check it out. Go to patreon.com slash CanadaLand now. The $7 offer comes with a t-shirt. That's going to be a $10 offer. The $10 offer right now gets you a book. That's going to go up. So if you were thinking of helping us and haven't gotten around to it yet, now is a fantastic time to support CanadaLand. So you edit the show. This is an edited conversation. This will be edited. To make us both sound good. You're saying if you, if we go down an alley that you're not comfortable with, can you bail? A safe word. (laughs) No, it's too late. We're rolling. You're fucked. It's, uh, all you could say is I don't want to, no comment and deal with the repercussions of that. No, listen, you're here as my guest. You don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk about. I I brought you here because I'm curious and interested in what you're doing. You have to be so defensive. It's going to be okay. What am I doing here? How did this happen? You and I have history. Well, we've both been around similar media circles in Toronto going back uh, 15, 20 years. Every Canada Land listener knows all about your trials and tribulations. You're, They're tired of this material. It's not about they, me. They figure everything you're doing here is revenge for what went wrong, right? And, and I've gone through enough of those phases, too. If you want to, we can talk about that. But I, I just, I, it's interesting to be sitting across the table from somebody who has been a presence in this discourse, in this conversation between journalists that I've been partaking in. What do I mean to you and who the hell are you anyhow? Well, right now, I am the editor-in-chief of 1236, Toronto's daily lunchtime tabloid published by St. Joseph Media. Uh, I've been doing it now uh, for a little over a year, and it's been the most exciting job that I've had in my life. You worked at iMagazine doing something. I, I think maybe you did something similar to what I'm doing. You were a media writer. What, what do you consider yourself? What do you tell people uh, at a dinner party? 1236. Uh, that, that's what I'm here to push. I mean, why else would I want to talk to you if not to promote this thing that I'm doing every day? But I think you seem to think so, too, that I'm reinventing Uh, journalism in in a very specific way for a very certain audience, but genuinely doing something different. So you have these people on here presented as disruptors. Okay. I think I'm I'm making it happen every afternoon. You're very disruptive. We're gonna t- we're, you're gonna get to plug the newsletter. I promise you. The way that you're you're reinventing journalism will be covered. I'm just trying to get some context. You were scrolling. I you were at an alternative. You were the part of the alternative news weekly. Yeah. Universe. Well, I mean, uh, back in the 1990s, if you were young and scrappy and you wanted some attention for yourself, uh, the Uh, Alt Weekly Newspapers was where it's at. I got the opportunity to write 
in the context of uh, music coverage, although I was more interested in the celebrity side of it, in this world of all these grungers, those who are holier than thou about their musical taste, I could stake out this position as, as being someone who was obsessed with the mass mainstream media. You were an early poptimist against a bunch of snobby rockists before we even had the terms. It's not like I ever could really figure out how to fit in. I was always trying to find friends, right? The kindred spirits, people that I could relate to. Uh, it always seemed a, a little bit elusive or out of range. I, I didn't know quite where my people were at the time, but I kept plugging away at it. And then the internet came along. So far, all you've told us is that you write, you wrote about music for, with a pop culture sensibility. But I, I think that you, like myself, had an interest in just sort of describing the media space itself and the, and the all of the discontents and relationships of how that all works. So what, what gave you a map for that? Well, Jesse, there was a time long before Twitter when it really took a lot of effort to figure out who the players were. I spent a lot of money uh, on magazines and books and reading and learning, looking up words in the thesaurus. Sounds exhausting. It was exhausting. People listening now may not, depending on how old they are, be able to recognize what media was pre-internet. You know, there, there were a few voices that had a lot of volume. Uh, here was an era of uh, campus radio. Mm -hmm. uh, there were more outlets out there, uh, cable TV in particular, that were looking for quirky voices that, that weren't heard of anywhere else. Uh, there was a different energy. Yes, things get commodified. That's the system we live well, in. Well, I, I, I'm also, wait, I'm sitting across from Jesse Brown here, having listened to Canada Land for three years now, constantly railing against anybody that wants to make a living doing this kind of stuff, right? That, that anyone uh, who, who gets a paycheck is somehow driven by greed, uh, agenda, uh, some, some sort of uh, nefarious backroom activities that are going on. This is what you are all about here. Dear sir, what a vicious mischaracterization of my position and uh, expressions on the topic. No, yeah, but I mean, we're just trying to make a living, right? I, I mean, as, you as get to a I, certain point course. in life, but to to constantly uh, uh, gnaw at this idea that, that anybody who's out there uh, making money, finding a way to profit off of ideas and thinking and words and pictures and sounds is inherently evil... Inherently evil. I'm glad that you went here because now we're, we're right at it. We're at the crux of it. And this is this is the role that you have in my life. You were on my case before Canada Land. Well, here and there, to some degree, I always had an issue with what you were doing. I know some of that eventually got back to you, that you would uh, have some kind of column about the state of the media. And I found that there was something wrong with it. Uh, People that we knew in common, they would they would tell you about it when you first started the podcast here. Sure, right? sure, sure. A sure. mutual friend, uh, uh, like you were totally concerned with my opinion <laughs> about you. That you, was the impression that they were left with. You, you, if you really wanted to know, you could have contacted me. You, you know? got a better memory than I do, but I won't. I won't pretend otherwise. For sure. You know, it, there's there's a weird kind of intimacy. But what have I done to deserve that place in your life? provided uh, constant critical feedback to, to our, my work, which, uh, which I encourage and uh, need to a certain extent. So that's your way of saying that I'm very good at what I do, right? I think that that is absolutely one way of interpreting what I just said, yes. 
Thank you for answering the question, why did I bother coming here? You have been uh, a blogger? Uh, I was involved with the Alternative Weekly through the 90s, uh, around 2007. Uh, you could tell that this format was on its last legs. The authority of having a, a brand name of a newspaper that maybe people sort of remembered picking up from time to time 10 years earlier, that in itself wasn't enough. So that was a bit of a breakthrough that way. And it came at the same time that the social media thing started yeah. happening. So you were blogging pre-social media. Yeah, that as well. I was uh, just thrashing around online trying to figure out what to do. Some opportunities fell into my lap and then eventually they would go sour and I would have to find something else. This is freelancing. You, you, you hunt for a gig, you get a gig. It's got, it's got a lifespan and eventually priorities shift and you've got to find a new one. Yeah, but I was trying to find a bigger picture. What could I produce that would reflect the chaos of what I was looking at all day? And what were you looking at all day? Again, what are we talking about? Is, is, is the consistent area of your interest, of your journalism, things media? Well, being born and raised in Toronto, uh, especially through uh, the 80s, 90s, uh, turn of the millennium, there was always that sense that uh, if if you were here, you were kind of stuck, right? You, you didn't make it to New York. Fuck New York, you know? I, I don't even, like, it's, it, it's not true. It's not true that if you're that good, you graduate to New York. If you're super ambitious, then, and you have uh, resources where your parents can float your boat for a while, and you can go and you network in New York, then maybe you can get a job in New York, and then maybe five years later, it's really shitty to be in New York, and you move back. I, I've never understood or accepted that idea that there's uh, some sort of minor league, major league kind of equation to the whole thing. And I think that, that keeps that's what keeps us back, is that that consideration of this city and this country as some sort of farm league. That's bullshit. Okay, you never accepted it. Uh, who's to say I ever accepted it? I was in Toronto consuming all this media made in New York, right? Sure. And I, I took it all in uh, from Toronto. This, yeah. this was the base of operations. And not having the pedigree to be much of a performer myself, as soon as I realized that you could maybe make a living just kind of writing about it, making fun of what other people were doing, yeah, uh, tearing them down whenever the opportunity arrived, that seemed like a life for me. Mark, tell everybody about 1236. Okay, well, look, we, we had a unique opportunity here. Uh, to put a, a newsletter we? together. Well, uh, St. Joseph Media, right? I'm I'm working with this larger company. My, this fa is, my favorite Catholic conglomerate. This is not this is not an independent project, right? Mm -hmm. I'm working with a major publisher, their flagship magazine, Toronto Life. You're just, a media professional. You're not just some turned blogger 50 in your years old. Well, at the same time, it wouldn't happen if I didn't have an understanding of how to operate independently, right? The entire thing is run on this mutual understanding that I am going to wake up every morning as early as I can and and make this thing happen. And uh, the opportunity came from people who, who realized that if they uh, presented me with the structure that I needed, that I was not going to let them down. That's the kind of thing that only gets proven over a period of years, if not decades, right? They are investing in my obsession that once we set up the framework for a newsletter that would go out at 1236, 
that I would follow through and make it happen. So to have people believing in you to that level, I realize that's a very unique and special once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'd better not blow it. I will try to somehow make sense of that Oscar acceptance speech. Uh, so St. Joe's is a publisher. Mostly they just are they, – they actually – run printing presses. I think that's how they make most of their money. But they uh, they have magazines, and uh, they've got a publisher there named Ken Hunt, who's, uh, I think, a pretty forward-thinking guy who's trying to figure out how to bridge the gap from the way that we used to make magazines to the future. You approached them and said, I want to build a brand for you that's based on this thing. That These newsletters seem to be taken off, which is like a kind of a – not dissimilar from podcasting in this world of a co- constant churning algorithm-driven feed of stuff. no. Here is this thing. It shows up in your inbox. It's curated by a consistent voice. There's a person behind this, and he has selected a handful of things that you need to know if you want to know what what people are talking about in Toronto. It's largely the byproduct of me just foraging around online all day, every day. I want to explain this a little bit further in technical terms to people who don't care much about what people are talking about in Toronto. But just, you know, we haven't talked at all about newsletters, which are having their moment right now. And I think a lot of people would say, I I don't get it. It sounds like you're blogging. You're you're aggregating a bunch of stuff. Why not just put it on a blog? The fact that people opted in, that they asked to receive this. And it feels to me that like a podcast, the newsletter is like, no, this is different. It's not just part of that churn. This is part of your routine. You get the newsletter every day at noon. You get the podcast every week at this time. And that makes it more valuable to advertisers. Yeah, well, exactly. How's that going? Not too badly. I am a subscriber. I enjoy your newsletter. I have noticed that most days there is not an advertisement on the newsletter. What is this? Some sort of uh, congressional hearing? (laughs) Uh, Wondering how I'm doing? No, I I got a lot of runway for another reason. Uh And that's because... The way we set up 1236 has provided uh, Toronto Life and the company as a whole with a way to figure out how they can do something different. So I I put myself up to be that kind of guinea pig. Uh, They now have all sorts of information, uh, intel, data about how you build a subscriber base, how you get people reacting to what you're putting out there. Uh, The email newsletters before were just treated as a bit of a sideline. We'll slap a bunch of links on here and we'll send it out and we'll see what happens and maybe we'll get some traffic. Uh, 1236 has been the template for a lot of that development. So if you're, you're trying to get me on the point here that you look at the thing and it doesn't seem to always have an ad in there in the first year, um, little do you know. Right that it's actually been a big influence and inspiration to what I think are some viable ideas about where journalism and media and content is going. I would never be trying to uh, embarrass or uh, get you on any particular point. And in fact, anybody who's read our newsletter, Not Sorry, would make the same observation. There's usually not an ad in that thing. So I'm just trying to talk about where the form is going. And it well, can you be- have to build audience. Okay, so- I, I mean, it, t- it does take time. Yeah, yeah. So many ideas, right? Here I am kvetching about uh, all the opportunities that, that passed me by. And a lot of it was because the plug was pulled before anybody figured out what they were doing. But this is an old story. And that's the 
the first thing I want to say. So you say, okay, Jesse, don't judge me by, you can probably add up. And I, I even know how much you charge for your ads because you're very transparent about that in the newsletter. You say you could have your ad here for 300 bucks. So I could probably figure out this thing isn't making a lot of money and people could probably figure that out about our newsletter as well. It takes time. And, and as far as startup ventures go, uh, this thing is pretty low overhead. Compare it to Toronto Star Touch and the $35 million they've spent on that thing. Well, right? let's actually, you know what? I will let you take this in a different direction. Let's compare it to Star Touch. I have some things to say because <laughs> I, I, I think it's an actually an interesting comparison. To launch a newsletter like yours and start building an audience for a new editorial product costs St. Joseph Media one Mark Weiss blot. And uh, and then you start from zero people who subscribe to this thing and you work your way up from there. You're offering a free product. You're trying to build an audience and sell ads to it. That is not that dissimilar from what Star Touch was doing. They launched a media brand. They started with no subscribers. They give it away for free. We can't call it apples to apples in terms of the product. It's a very different product. We can't call it apples to apples in terms of the investment. Uh, they you know, dwarf you in terms of how much money uh, they put into it. But we can count subscribers. Do we have any idea how many they have and how many you have? I can say at this point, we're over 30,000 opens a week on 1236 as of October 2016. Uh, uh, sometimes it's not as long as I want it to be, but we, I think, figured out the right package, the right style, the right approach that keeps people coming back day after day. All right, but we're, we're, we're bean counting here, and I'm going to go ahead and say you've got somewhere in the neighborhood of sub-10,000 su subscribers. What do we know about StarTouch's subscriber base? I know you pay close attention to that. I pay close attention, but it doesn't mean that I have them memorized. How obsessed do you think I am, Jesse Brown? The the uh, Whatever the number is, look, they've stated unequivocally that uh, the, the readership numbers uh, were a disappointment that fell considerably short. The lean startup approach that we're using for 1236 uh, had no expectations. Yes. So anything that we're able to show for this effort at this point is a win. It's a victory. We've accomplished something because who who was asking for this what problem was it trying to solve right i was creating a, an audience a market uh, a time of day a concept a spirit that there was no you created a for. time of day well there was no there was no legacy right sure. this is not i mean this is what you go on about here all the time a legacy brand you're burdened with this idea you want to i worked at post media i know how how this goes right you you can have all these pie in the sky ideas about how you're going to redefine the future of media but at the same time, you're tethered to this newspaper that people are expecting on their doorstep every morning. Psychologically, you still need the print newspaper, right? The magazine. Do you? Uh, I, I think McLean's magazine, by virtue of putting out a print edition, right? And we can make fun all we want of the fact that it sits on the waiting room table of the doctor's office, right? And gets encrusted with all sorts of debris over the decades. We, and that we can and we should. old issue is still sitting there. But in the process, that brand reached millions of people. And going into the great unknown here, I think that's a little bit scary because you can't count on the idea that anybody's going to visit you on these digital platforms. I mean, you've, you've got the audience that you have now, but 
is that sustainable? Are isn't people that... going to care? Is another competitor going to come and, and blow you away? Wow, isn't that wonderful that the only thing you could do to distinguish yourself so that people actually know your brand is have something to say. You can't just steal that by virtue of the fact that you printed this and sent, it this, sent this off to dentists and doctors, whether they subscribe to it or not. But you spend so much time in Canada land agitating against the establishment way of doing things, right? So the whole idea that uh, uh, Margaret Wente has a column in the Globe and Mail, right? And she somehow needs to be taught a lesson for all her misdeeds. And we're going to figure out how to pummel her into a puddle of humiliation so that she can be compelled to retire, right? And then, and then someone younger more eclectic, more diverse, can then take her job and they can become the new Margaret Wente. What seems to be missing is an acceptance of the reality that the shape that things are going to take in the future is completely different from where they are now. Do you not plead guilty to perpetuating this a little bit too much? Guilty as charged with circumstances. Okay, well, explain. I have been disproportionately fixated on the problems of the media establishment as it stands. Part of that is because I'm paid to do that. Part of that is because journalism is about what exists, not about what's going to exist in the future. And it's very difficult to make a show every week about what we should have. No, you talk about what is and what's wrong with it. I do feel that your gross mischaracterization that I think that it's just a question of getting somebody more woke in the Margaret Wente spot is, is, is not really where I'm coming from, but I certainly give more attention to these obsolete dinosaurs than any other Canadian I know. And that is because I feel that they're standing in the way. If we wait three to five years, we're not going to have a media left in this country. It's easy to be on Twitter all day, right, tr trying to order these uh, complex corporate organizations around. I've been guilty of it as well on different platforms, right? Uh, this idea that we would somehow complain the media into getting better and reflecting our tastes and our interests. Well, it sort of worked, my friend. It's uh, the, the constant criticism that we subject these institutions to has actually had an effect. But you're right. Look, my philosophy has been that at any opportunity, I will remind them to get out of the way if they can't lend a hand. Okay? Yeah, but then what? What? Sell their house? Uh, lose their pension? Try. Give up on, on retirement? Well, this, that's the thing is that so many of them are on their way out that they don't actually care if they turn the ship around. I think that it must depress them, a lot, a lot of the people at the top, that they're going to be the last editor of, of said newspaper, the person who saw a great institution into the ground, and maybe they want to get out before that happens. But they're not looking forward to what happens 20 to 30 years from now. So I have oscillated from originally thinking that we needed to sort of shame them into getting with it and actually having a strategy. And now I don't even think, even if they wanted to and they all say they're trying to, I'm not sure they can. So now my gripe is more that they are still hogging the space. They're hogging the mind space. Their brands are still cluttering up people's conception of what Canadian media is. And they're hogging whatever advertising revenue still exists. And it's much more effective to connect with an audience when they're finally gone. So when I hear that the government's going to bail them out, I get sick 
because you're just going to keep them on life support forever. And it comes to the detriment of people who are losing their jobs and could use a hundred more companies like my own to go work at. So this is real, first of all. I mean, it's real. They're at a point where I think that their existence is actually causing more harm than good. So I'll rail about that. But I'm trying to move on. I think you're right. I think that this show needs to evolve and start talking about where we're going as opposed to where we've been and what's wrong with the with where we've been. So we, we've got all these uh, uh, media brands, portals, websites, whatever they are, multi-platform machines uh, that have that have come up in, in the last five years or so uh, on the premise that they would define a new kind of media. So that's BuzzFeed. That's Vice. Vox, redefining how how we see the news and and making all sorts of claims about how they represent a new generation and what they're going to do, how things are going to work in the future. At the same time, there's a lot of money riding on them being able to deliver a return, right? Mm -hmm. This is the whole paradox of venture-funded media. When you have Univision on the Fusion website, I don't know if you're familiar with that. That would be one of the uh, America's main source of of woke world news uh, happens on this Fusion. They they ran a story a couple weeks ago. Why doesn't Taylor Swift denounce Donald Trump? And it was a writer trying to do a call out on a celebrity, Taylor Swift. Uh, going on and on and on, multiple paragraphs, trying to make the point that that uh, somehow Donald Trump was going to become president, uh, all because Taylor Swift wouldn't send a tweet to her fans deploring uh, his deplorable ways. And, and did it work? Did she do that? No, she didn't care at all. But I, I think that's just one example. Here, here you have people that are, you know, sitting in these veal fattening pens, given this assignment that they should come up with stories every day, hot takes, think pieces, just grind them out one after another, after another, after another. I, I think this has gone on now for enough time that maybe we can reflect on this era and say, has it really been good for anything? The culture that we were surrounded by was no less disposable, deplorable. It was no less driven just by whatever the flavor of the month was, whatever people wanted to look at just to get out of their brains for a second, had nothing to do with social responsibility, had nothing to do with being more informed. We're always going to be in a culture that is dominated by entertainment and distraction. Uh, I, the fight that I think you know we're trying to fight or the, the question that's that's we're trying to solve for that's unknown right now is how do you also have something that if you want to be informed, you can be. Well, I'm I'm sitting here going on and on about how this clickbait has been damaging to society. Yes. I also want to add that I love it. It's amazing, right? Yeah. To to constantly be in this vortex of people clamoring for your click and and going at each other and trying to be as outrageous as possible and. Obviously, I'm obsessed with that game. I, I, I enjoy participating in it. We had a whole national Canadian scandal about the discontinuation of uh, pizza pockets. No, we didn't. Well, we did, okay? <laughs> and I was the one who set that in motion. So for me, the oh. work that I'm doing with 1236 was my way uh, of, of doing something, uh, uh, you know, a little bit sinister, 
uh, sort of subversive. Can I turn this into a story by finding out what's really going on with the pizza pockets? Uh, I, I take every opportunity I can to, to revel in the ridiculousness that, that surrounds how nothing, absolutely nothing, can be taken out of the ether and turned into something uh, that's considered news. This is what I live for. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. While you're going on about how you want the older generation to move out of the way, I'm saying I'm having the time of my life watching them stagger and stumble and stutter because they they can't figure out how to get uh, messages out in in an effective way and that that's kind of my challenge here to the Canada land audience to say why not do it yourself you know, there there's so much uh, pent up frustration this desire to be part of the establishment still you know uh, newspapers are obsolete who reads these things this is for my my grandparents generation but but if you offered these same people a, an 800 word three times a week column in the newspaper uh, that would be the fulfillment of their their greatest dream even if they had nothing to say and so uh, here here the opportunity exists to make something different happen on your own don't copy me don't copy what's going on at canada land uh, make it work on your own show us something that's never been done before i managed to figure it out why can't you That is your Canada Land Show. I hope you enjoyed it. You can email me. I am at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read the emails that you send me, and I respond to them when I can. We are on Twitter at Canada Land. Our website is canadalandshow.com. Our crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. Have a look at our book. Have a look at our rewards. Think about helping us out. The next episode of The Imposter will be up on Wednesday. Tickets to The Imposter's live show, Degrassiland in Toronto, are selling fast. Get on it, people. Check out our website for information on that. Shortcuts will be up on Thursday. I make this show with Katie Jensen. Syndication is handled by Russell Gregg. If you like what we do, please support us. 